there. Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Somehow I didn't forget my little preamble. I have forgotten a lot of things since the last time we podcasted. I just hung up on Tyler a second ago because I clicked the wrong red button. Tyler, uh, it's been a long time. How are you? It has been a couple of months. It's good to be back, man. Season starting up. Uh, basketball back in our lives. I'm currently watching this Rockets. Uh, I don't know who they're playing in China. Sharks. The Sharks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're dragging them pretty badly. <laughs> but uh get to watch James Harden invent new ways to skirt the rules and, you know, be technically correct while, you know, making everybody angry. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> he is a great scorer. Uh, are you ready to do this all over again? Are you, I, you know, you don't get paid to do this. Uh, are you ready to go through the emotional investment of another season of watching these games and coming on to talk about this? I haven't even asked you this what? question off the air. I just kind of on the air. We're just winging it and, and, and flying by the seat of our pants here. As long you know, as long as I you know have free time, I'm I'm down for it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just do it. I just I just do this to have fun, really. Um, you know, it's nice that you know people like like what I have to say, but uh, you know, if it, it becomes a burden, I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll let you know off there. But trust me, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'm be here in the, for the long haul, especially considering how exciting. How excited I am personally about this team. I don't, you know, like this is, like I'm just, I'm just in general as a fan, I'm just really excited. Uh, I, I was, I thoroughly enjoyed how the Hawks played in the season, and I'm excited to see if they can build on that. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about any of any any of the media days? Because we had uh, Schlenk and Pierce on Friday. We had the players today. We're recording on a Monday night. Uh, were you intrigued by anything that, that Pearson Schlenk said Friday? Yeah, um, I don't think it was any one thing Pearson Schlenk said, though. I think it was just the entirety of their message. Uh, to me, it felt like they were like they're very forthright in their plan. Like, you you know, they like Lloyd Pierce gave some great answers, particularly when he talked about John Collins and that, you know, he doesn't necessarily even want you know, more points or rebounds, but he wants that consistency. And, you know, just, just, the, just what he wants from his players, like, it, it's not about the stats. It's about, you know, the, the playing winning basketball. That's what he really wants from these guys. I think that's what he's coming across, ultimately what he was saying without saying it. But, uh, like, he was just talking about, you know, some guys, like guys like Trey Young, John Collins, they got sacrificed. Trey Young got a you know, possibly take less, you know, take less threes, uh, you know, to be more efficient, uh, you know, just play smarter. And, like, you know, he, he's very, like, Lloyd Pierce as a, you know, as a coach and, and Schlank, too, both of those guys as the head of the Hawks organization, they're very open in what they want from their players. And, uh, you know, it's just refreshing as a fan. You know, I grew up, I grew up in the, the Mike Woodson, Larry Drew era, Okay. So, um, my God, you're young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I get that at work. I get that at work, but like, 
they're they're younger people who are who are doing my job too, so they they make me feel young as well. But um, but no, nah, but I grew up I grew up in that era and like going from there, going all the way from there to Mike Bunoza, who you know as a coach I loved, but you know as a CEO of an organization, he was just just like I, I felt like he kind of shirked responsibilities uh, um, for what fans would like to hear from what the head of an organization would like to say about, you know, the operation that they're running. Uh, I felt like, you know, too often Bud was kind of, kind of too, too uh, inclusive, um, way too, way too informal with people. Like he, he did, didn't really open himself, open himself up to, you know, the fans, the media, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like, just as a fan, it's just good to hear, you know, two guys who, you know, they, I mean, they get paid good amount of money uh, to represent an organization, you know, a multi, you know, really a billion dollar organization. And, and it's good to hear that they, you know, are willing to be open with what they're trying to do as a team and as an organization. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, and I, I'm, I guess I'm focusing a little bit more on Schlenk than Pierce and, and the fact, you know, call them the basketball decision makers, whether that's team president, general manager, whatever it was. And Bud, of course, had the additional responsibility of having to do media more often. When you're the coach and the general manager, it's it's kind of weird to have to answer general manager questions every day or every time you're available, at least sometimes multiple times a day. But they do differ a lot. And I mean, these guys, you know, I don't call me a cynic or, or a skeptic. In one degree or another, whether it's just their own personal preparation or whether it's a professional preparation uh, by public relations people, you know, when they go into a press conference, whether it's media day or really any type of organized media availability, they've either prepped themselves or they've been prepped to answer certain questions. And I think the responses at that point are a little bit canned, you know, they've kind of prepared for it. But I think the big difference between like a Budenholzer and a Slank is when you kind of come in sideways with a question that they weren't expecting, what's their default mode for how they're going to respond? And with Budenholzer, who comes from the school of Popovich, you know, if you caught him with a question he wasn't really expecting, his default mode is to just deflect and keep things in-house and secret and, you know, not really tell you very much. And if, if you catch Slank off guard and he doesn't have a prepared response his default mode is just be honest <laughs> just say what it is and it, it's quite a change it's it's refreshing and i can understand how it would be more pleasing for a fan i mean it just i don't know it just it, it felt like you know you know it's strange to say that, but it felt like bud you know bud was just taking his job too seriously like it's you know, this is entertainment. Like, he, right? You know, it's it's basketball. Like, people want to have fun watching these games, and you know, it's just refreshing that Schlank. You know, Schlank is just you know willing. I mean, he does, like you know. I mean, he's at the end of the day, he's he's probably not saying everything that that's on his mind, but uh, you know, he's fairly open in what what he what he's trying to do. Like, you know, we we're all you know we're all trying to figure out all these separate moves that. You know, like, like let's take the uh, the Evan Turner deal for example. We heard all offseason that Evan Turner is going to be a backup point guard, 
uh, somebody asked the question, so it's Evan Turner. Like Brad, go ahead. We get, we can give Brad, Brad a yeah, shout yeah, out. Brad, yeah, Brad asked. You know, just simple question. Like, so um, is Evan? I some some along the lines. Brad that, asked who the backup point guard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And long story short, Schlenk was just like, you know, we said Evan Turner, but really we got a bunch. Of, we on the second year, we're gonna have a bunch of playmakers. Like we want a bunch of guys. You know, we don't care who brings the ball up the court. It's about who can make a play, like who can be a, you know, a basketball player in, in that, in that term of sense. And, you know, that you, you may disagree with the, you know, the execution of the plan or the logic, but at least, you know, we get an explanation, Sure. And, you know, instead of just saying, Oh no, Evan Turner's going to be a backup point guard. And that's it. Like, no, it's going to be Evan Turner. It might be Kevin Herter, some plays. It might be, Cam Reddish, depending on how he comes along, it might be Jabari yeah. Parker every once in a while. Like who knows? Like Bembry. It's yeah, it's it's going to be a bunch of guys who are going to be you know operating the ball at the top of the key, orchestrating where guys need to go. We we want these guys to be versatile, and that's that's the type of vision that he sees for this team going forward. And so when you hear stuff like that, you can you can then project okay. This is what you know. This is what Slank is trying to build, you know, in the, for the future of the team. You can kind of see the outline. You, you can kind of see the outline with this team of a bunch of ball handlers and uh, you know shooting, shooting right. and athleticism. Uh, so it, it, it's just it's just nice. It's just really nice to hear, um, you know. Again, like I said, the CEO of an organization come out, and, you know, explain the decisions that he made during the offseason. So, I, I, you know, as a, you know, as a lifelong fan of, of the Hawks, you know, it's just, you know, fresh and com- going all the way from incompetence of the, the, the ASG era to, you know, what we're, what we're doing now. Uh, it's just refreshing. It, it's not to say Bud wasn't a great coach right. and all that good stuff. It's just, you know, as a fan of the team, it's just when you hear, you know, the guy who's the top at the end of the day, who, who is the top billing of the organization? Really, deflect and you know, kind of be, you know, just feel like you're above it. Like, come on, man. Like, we're 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 all fans here. Like, maybe the question wasn't wasn't the greatest, or you know, it didn't, you know, it wasn't what you wanted to hear. But like, we would like to know certain stuff about what you're trying to do. So, like, for me, it's just pretty good to hear. Uh, Schlank and also Lloyd Pierce, just in general, just the way he talks, just in, uh, he's very insightful, uh, and, and I'm glad that he's the head coach of the organization. But uh, yeah, it you know it was just it was just refreshing. I'll put it like that. For sure. Uh, and you know to follow up on that just a little bit, it's like we haven't really seen a whole lot of instances yet where he says one thing and it ends up turning, turning out to be something else. You know, when he says something, it usually has happened just the way he said it. So, and you know, of course we've got the additional evidence that they kind of did the same thing with the point guard at the end of last season, once Jeremy Lin left. So kind of expecting some of the same this season, speaking of uh, treating these basketball decisions like they're war games, uh, we've got the refreshing change coming this season that they have to announce the starters 30 minutes ahead of time instead of 10 minutes ahead of time. I'm looking forward to that. That should help you guys a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, because they, they do the projected uh, the projected starters announcement like 45 minutes ahead of time. And, you know, 
there have been a whole yeah, lot of times yeah. where I look like a fame. fool because I I put out who they who they've announced as the probable starters and then they dink around and change sixty percent of it before game time when they're trying to be crafty and clever, which is just stupid and ridiculous. Just be upfront about it. And and thankfully we have the gamblers on our side. The, the gamblers bring the honesty. Yeah, they bring it honestly to the height the height description. Yeah. That's been playing the league for years. Uh, so that's, you know, it's granted it's without shoes, which, you know, that's all right. Really, apples to apples. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it loves the playing field, but you know, it's, it's better than what we used to get, which was guys lying a lot or some guys lying. Now, sadly for the Hawks, um, for some people, it might not even be West. lying. Right. And for some players, it's just, yeah, they just don't you know. come in as yeah, a rookie. They, they might, you get measured, and if you were 18 and you grew two inches, they don't even measure you every year. They just kind of slap down the same measurement they had before, right? Yeah, but, I mean, J.J. Beret has been lying. <laughs> oh, oh, that's fair. I mean, even today, he said he got measured 5'10 in socks. I, 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 I got to see that. I got to see it notarized by the NBA to believe that because I don't even believe he's 5'10, but... uh. That, that's the Dallas Mavericks pod. They got to deal with that. Um, sadly, uh, we don't have the measurements yet, so we don't actually know. I, I don't think it's going to be anything too surprising on the Hawks' side. The Are there players around the league, league who you suspect of, of stretching the truth or maybe growing um, and not fixing it? I mean, LeBron the famous James one is Kevin James. Durant, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, Kevin, I, don't, I don't find Kevin Durant that interesting. He's always been 6'9". Uh, not in shoes, so he's probably like six ten. Not in shoes now, so like he's just always he's 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 been one of the real truthers. He was one of the early truthers when he said he was six nine, uh, because he he always measured himself himself uh, without shoes on. But right. I, I probably wouldn't be surprised if LeBron James is shorter than people think. Um, that's a fun one, and then. Uh, Draymond Green's probably a lot shorter than people uh, realize. You know, I think we have his We probably have a combine uh, measurement for him, and he was like 23 or something yeah. at that time, so it's not like he yeah. grew. Yeah, we, we got one for him, but I, I'm pretty sure LeBron James is probably a bit shorter than uh, what he's been claiming, uh, but not too much, uh, just based on just based on pictures you see with him compared to other guys in the league that are supposedly 6'8", 6'9". I got one that's like interesting. Six, seven and a half. I, I am very intrigued to hear how tall Paul Millsap is. Because um, he always struck me as not being as tall as Kyle Korver when they were like right next to each other in one corner of the locker room. Yeah, well, what's, so what's I, his official measurement? I think we have to look this up. I think it's the six seven. Um, yeah, and I don't believe that. If that's not going to be his not in shoes measurement anywhere, anywhere near that. I don't think. Yeah, but that's you know he probably is six seven in shoes. That that's the thing. Mm, like I, I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind that too much. Right. Uh, it's the really the one that that gets me is the weight. I don't believe none of these dudes that they talk about. <laughs> um, Trey Young said he gained ten pounds over the offseason, which I can believe if you take into account that he was probably like under 170 pounds last offseason, right? Uh-huh. I mean, during the season, like during his playing weight, when he was actually playing games, he, he might've been 170 at most. Uh, you know, he, you know, he weighed in at the combine at 177. Right. He's probably, he's probably he, like his, 
weight is weird. His range was probably lasting around 168 to 174 or something like that. That's and so, like, I can believe he gained. I could, I could believe he gained 10 pounds. The question is, can he maintain that? You know, maintain it, which is doubtful. That's just not how, you know, body weights work uh, when you're constantly playing basketball or doing high level athletics. But uh, well, one that was near and dear to the it. Hawks was Amari Spellman. Even today, came out and what's his official listing on the Warrior site? I mean, it's well, he he said, said he was 315 this summer. Which I could believe, he might have even been bigger. That was wow. Mm. And he's, he said he's but, down uh, forty pounds from summer league. So he says he went from three fifteen to two seventy five this summer, which is not what his <laughs> official listing is. I think it's like two sixty five or something like that. Yeah. Um, no, he's listed know, as two forty five. Yeah. Well, that's what he but was at the combine. And see, that's where he needs to. It, Spellman, he he's got to get it together. He like, said his ideal weight he, is two sixty five, and that's know, not he, his ideal weight. Like that's you think that's it should be, he should go further. Okay, he he's got to be he's got to be two he's got to be in the two forties. Like has to uh, just I mean that's light two forty at his size. Like he's not tall. He's, he's only six nine. He's he he literally is. Not to be euphemistic here, but he is big bone. Like he's a wide body, even if you thin him out. I mean, he's he's still going to be a. He's got a big frame. Yeah, I mean. I, All right. I I hear you, Kevin. I hear you, but uh, I don't know. And to backtrack, uh, Paul Millsap is listed at six eight, which I think when you measure him not in shoes, I think you're going to get like six five maybe. Yeah, that's probably official measurement of him out there, but. Um, I think it's trickier I mean, he's for the still got that, He's got that 7-3 wingspan, though. That's legit. So that's yeah, that, really all that, that matters. pays the bills. Um, but uh, going back to the Hawks, yeah, um, I, I did find it interesting that Kevin Herter is listed at 190. Um, you know, that's, I, I think that's actually reasonable in that. I, I can, like, if he said he gained five, like, just five pounds, um, mm-hmm. And like maintain five pounds, I can actually believe that just because he didn't like one ninety is not some big number. No, not uh, if you're six seven. Yeah, exactly. So like he didn't, he's not, he, you know, he's not being ridiculous. Uh, Trey Young at one eighty, I, I, I need him to step on the scale. Uh, I, <laughs> I got. I mean, he is, he is, he is, he is a ball of lean muscle. Like he's there's not an. I mean, if you look at Trey Young, there's like oh, not an ounce ripped. of yeah, and and. He's absolutely ripped. I can see that, you know, he looks... And I can, I can believe he got stronger. Right. But gaining weight, I don't know. I'm not, you know, it's a... Yeah, 180. That, that's, yeah. A different, that's a different topic. But, I mean, he could be 180. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's not, but... Right. Like, he, if he's that, he's probably playing uh, games at around 175, which, which is... You know, technically a ten pound difference to probably what he was playing at last season. Right. Um, some nights at least. Um, so that's you know, that is that is improvement and he should gain the weight, uh, the older that he gets. Uh I guess the only other guy was John Collins at two thirty five now, which would be ten pounds more. Um, I I just don't know. I'd have mm-hmm. to see him because he's you know, this there's, there's literally not a shred anywhere of fat on that man's body, so 
Like he could have gained the weight just, you know, getting older. Uh, and yeah. that that'd be interesting to see. But um Yeah. I think it's the, hard the for the the younger guys. Like twenty you don't really put on weight. I think Collins now, you know, he's twenty two. I think he he did look a little bit bigger to me. Like not I think he may have had you know, I, you mentioned him not having a whole lot of extra weight i think he probably could have lost a couple of pounds and then re- replaced it with muscle he he looked pretty ripped today i think you know a, lo- a little more muscular than he did last season yeah but i mean he was ripped i mean he's always been ripped since yeah but he came into the league but yeah i know what you're saying but like I, he's probably got even more muscle definition now just it's, because it's definitely more defined and i, I think he had yeah, it, it, not a ton of punch but just like he wasn't he wasn't like trey young where it's just like I don't know. Trey Young had a complete J.R. Smith summer, though, right? Like, he didn't have a shirt the whole summer. Just no matter where he goes, I mean, just Trey, why, why bother Trey with was, a shirt? Yeah, uh, hot boy summer, I guess, uh, for him. <laughs> I don't know. He's a youngster. He's, He's enjoying youngster. life. Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, oh, Alex Lynn saying He's 250. He can get out of here. Come on. More, you're saying, on, right? Alex. He's big. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, he's just a big he's person, big. too. It's not like – it's yeah, not he's wasted just, he's weight. Bad. He's just a big guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess he just says 250 just to, you know, just to give a number, but no way. No way. I mean, the interesting thing for me is going to be to see how tall DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, we know – Cam Reddish got measured over the summer uh, at the combine. He's six six and a half without right. shoes, so I mean, he is he could the be legit growing. six eight. He claims, yeah, he might have grew. Uh, He's young enough. Hunter, yeah, DeAndre Hunter is interesting uh, just because uh, I don't think he's been officially measured. So this would be right. his official measurements. Uh, really, he's a, he's a large person, like I've I've been doing this. This is my sixth season now, and. You know, in terms of like who are the biggest wings the Hawks have had, not in terms of wingspan, but just in terms of height and sort of body frame. Like Corver was, you know, people forget, but Corver was a huge wing. And Torian Prince, you know, was, Torian Prince was a big wing too. And those are the two, like, they were even bigger than Damari Carroll, who I think just kind of played bigger than he was. Uh, yeah. But like Torian is a big person, and Corver was a big person. And I think Hunter, he he. Like if if you just kind of look out of the corner of your eye. When you're around these players, you kind of get a sense. Okay, you know, for these really big people, these these centers and power forwards, when they turn the corner, it's like, oh yeah, the, here's an extremely tall person. Like Hunter has that kind of presence. Like he's bigger than Tori and he's bigger than Corver. He is, he's huge, and yeah, and it's not. And it's not just his height either. Like it's it's like his he's built. wingspan and his yeah. muscles. Like he is, you know, Damari Carroll and I mean, Torian were like the big muscular wings on the Hawks that have been there over the course of my tenure. And Hunter is legitimately bigger than them. It's. I mean, that's why they, it's exciting. That's why they trade up to get him because he's <laughs> yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah. I don't want. I don't want to like. I don't want to you know rehash this this topic, but. The the Hawks wanted like what before we knew what the Hawks wanted. The idea was either Culver or Hunter, 
And, you know, it looked like they, it was always going to be Hunter just because of how huge he is, plus his, you know, all the tools that he has. So it, it's going to be fun to watch him, uh, you know, these preseason, see how he plays. Really on the offensive end, I'm, I'm really excited for his defense. I, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of the guys were talking about it. Uh, a lot of the Hawks players were um, bringing up his, how good he was already defensively, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited to see that. But I'm 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 more excited to see what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. For uh, sure. I mean, Virginia is such a weird he, system. Like they're so that, deliberate, and they had other players too. So there were other offensive, you know, there were guys who were out there for offense on the court with him doing things and. They were better shooters, and so there was there was a balance in their offense that just kind of took the ball away from him. And it's like, you, it's funny. I you know I I ended up watching more uh, Virginia basketball games because it's you know there's nothing else to do over the summer, right? Uh, so I watched it, and you know all that. Aside, Virginia plays a they play some smart basketball. Like oh, a yeah. lot of their a lot of what they do is just baiting guys to go to sleep to get open. Uh, Three pointers, like they run, they really just run the same two plays over and over. Uh, but they're they're really good at it. Like they, it, it was it was fun to watch. But um, you know, it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to see Hunter in a less uh, structured, you know, environment. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm really I'm really excited to see if if the jumper translates, which I think it will, and to see his you know his playmaking and ball handling skills, which I. I do think he he showed in spurts, but you know, with the with the talent that Virginia has and how they play, like he's not gonna he wasn't going to be be dominating the basketball. So no, I mean, so you much know, of what he had to do was just like, okay, we're gonna do this play, and at this point, you're gonna do a dribble handoff, and then you know, after this extra action, you're gonna try to chip a guy, and we're gonna get an open three pointer off this guy moving off yeah. the ball, and it's, it's his I, his job was basically to just hit somebody. And he said. Killer screen. So I'm, <laughs> I'm actually interested to see if that will translate, you know, uh-huh. playing, you know, at the NBA because he set some monster screens in college consistently. Right. Uh, he that 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 was my biggest takeaway watching a lot of Hunter. It's like I'm probably gonna love him a lot because he's I love physical basketball players and he is super physical, like on both ends of the floor. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch him watch him uh put together this season. And then. You know, it's good that you know Reddish is healthy now. It's he's probably going. They're probably going to take it slow with him because it, it sounded like he wasn't playing much. He wasn't doing. You know, he wasn't playing basketball. He was working out, but right. he was just you know. Now, now it's about getting back into basketball shape, uh, right. which is a lot different. So, hopefully, he can get there by the before the season starts because you know with the injuries that the Hawks have. Right. He's he's going to have plenty of minutes uh, to start the season. Yeah, so the injury report came out the other day and it had both it had a bunch of people on it, but it had also, you know, had both John Collins and Kevin Herter. For Collins it was a recent hip strain, uh for for Herter it was knee pain uh after some kicking around. I I heard that it was both knees, but both players today, you know, both Collins and Herter kind of downplayed the whole injury thing. Uh, you know, both said it was mostly just precautionary at this point that it's, you know, they're keeping an eye on it, but they're not going to be really limited from anything. Uh, so it sounds like they're both kind of good to go for the preseason. I'm sure that their their loads will probably be light in the games, uh, you know, given given that that's happened. 
Alex Len sounded like he's just barely starting to do basketball activities. Uh, he had back, he, if, for him, it was like a couple of things. It was like a left ankle sprain, but it was also back pain. The back pain one's a little bit troubling because I think that's what kind of hurt him last season. He kind of yeah, waxed and waned at times, too. and the back pain, you know, when, when there was talk about his back pain was when he struggled most. And I think at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, it was when he was feeling good, and that's when he was playing best. And kind of in the middle, he, he struggled with that back pain. So I think that's one to watch. And Reddish is kind of like uh, Len in that he's just getting back to basketball activities now. And then I guess Crab's out for the preseason, Alan Crab and Chandler Parsons is just under permanent load management, which is really yeah, where I want to be. I want to be under permanent load management. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense with uh, both uh, Parsons and and uh, Crab. Alan Crab is probably, I think I'm more troubled by it with him. It's kind of twofold. One is because the injury is more serious. And, you know, for Parsons, it wasn't really an injury. It's just kind of his knee history more than anything else. Krabs is like, you know, an actual injury. And he's, of course, the player who they're probably going to use more. Yeah. Um, with like, because it sounds like he's going to miss the entirety of the, of the preseason. Yep. And like, he's not going to be doing anything. So nope. he's probably, he might, I could see him missing the first maybe month or two just. Because it sounds like he's he's yep. not coming back until he's one hundred percent healthy, and the Hawks have no, uh, you know, he's, yeah, he's going to be a free agent, so he doesn't have the motivation that, to come back and play that, shitty basketball because he's hurt. They don't have exactly. the motivation to play him because it's not like they're trying to win the championship this year. So all sides are just like, yep, we're going to be careful with it, and that just makes sense for everybody. Yeah, yeah, um, goes the line on that one. Um, Guess we're gonna see Damian Jones shoot some three pointers. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I was surprised I'll that everybody was forthcoming that. with that. So, what, did they say that media day too, or because or, I know they said it on Friday? And I was like, what? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't. They bring the players out five at a time, so I couldn't. Yeah. You know, I can't really get to everybody. I didn't get to Damian Jones. I honestly don't can't even remember like what group he came out with. Um, but no, I didn't get to ask him, but. I mean, it sounded definitive enough from from Schlenk and Pierce that I didn't feel like I that, had to. That he was at least gonna, yeah. That he was at least gonna, you know, tr- attempt it. Which why not? I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't personally have a problem with it. No. Um, I mean, I, I just haven't seen his jumper form, uh, so I, I don't know if it, it like Alex Lynn. I, I had before, like before last season. Before I, I thought Alex Lynn could shoot some three-pointers just based yeah, on... Yeah, because he had, like, a history of, like, 18 and 19-footers that, that Jones doesn't exactly. have. Exactly, but that doesn't mean he can't. I mean, right. Dwayne Dedman famously didn't have anything mm-hmm. uh, until he came here, and then he's one of the best, you know, three-point shooting bigs in the NBA now, so... Fantastic, yeah. I mean, Jones has had, like, really good touch around the rim, so that it's a weirder translation. It's not as, as seamless as what you'd have for, for somebody who was good at shooting long twos, but I, there's a level of coordination there, at least, that you, you kind of have the hope that he could. Yeah, and I, I did see that in his, like, one G League season, he shot around 70% on the free throw line, which isn't too bad for a big match. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see with him. I, I'm intrigued uh, just because Damian Jones, he, you know, he's a super athlete, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't think we've talked about Damian Jones on this pod. 
we must have. Right. I don't know. Not much, but we definitely did the post trade. That was our last podcast. Actually, was Omari Spellman really? got traded? Let's Mari talk Spellman. about it. I think that was yeah. I think that was the last time we potted. But it was probably more of a focus on Amari at that point. Yeah, because I didn't know anything about Damian Jones. And the little I've seen, he's just uh, – the big thing with him is really it's his defense. Like, it has to be – it has to be good to great. Like, he, he has to be a better defensive rebounder um, than what he was uh, last season in his limited minutes. But, again, everything with him is limited minutes. Like – um, so it's it's hard to parse anything from what he did on that Golden State team, all things considered. But he, he's definitely talented, uh, and I'm I'm intrigued to see if if he can you know make make a corner three because you know that'd be huge. Just you know that that just adds more value to to his game and and it helps the Hawks. Um, other than that. So let's. I guess. You know, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's assume that Alex Len and Cam Reddish get things together over the next couple of weeks. What do you think the rotation looks like? I mean, uh, Lloyd Pierce might be a guy who starts the season using ten, eleven, maybe twelve people if if he's feeling frisky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, think, what what do you think you're going to get out of Lloyd Pierce in terms of rotation? Assuming that. Len gets it together, Reddish gets healthy, and Crab and Parsons, uh, you know, aren't. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I, 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 this is something Brad was actually talking about. Uh, he, I think he's, he's probably the first one to say it on, I think he said it on Dunked On or some other podcast. But he, I, I would fully expect Lloyd Pierce, based on what he did last season, he's going to play like 11, 12 guys to start the season like it's I'm not even so that's that's going to be that's going to be interesting but I I think the rotation that he settles on is the starting five of Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins and Alex Lynn and then the bench you got Cam Reddish, Evan Turner, uh, Damian Jones or Bruno Fernando, um, Jabari Parker and then it's up it's up for debate uh, between Bembry and Crab. Uh, yeah, but if Crab's not, not healthy, health, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be Bembry. Okay. But even if Crab was healthy, you know, I, I can I hear I hear I hear the idea that Crab would play over Bembry if they were you know if Crab was healthy. But I don't. Even though Crab's a better shooter, I think the Hawks have a bit more invested to see if Bembry can become that three and D wing. Mm-hmm. I think he's like I like to me. I feel like Ben, like I know they drafted, they drafted two wings, but I, I still feel like they're, they're gonna want to see if you know Bembry can be a positive contributor on a, a on a you know on a good team. So they're gonna give him every chance to succeed uh, this season. So I, I I don't I wouldn't expect Bembry to lose minutes to somebody like Crab. Um, and they also like to me they they probably need Bembry. He's probably the best team's best. A perimeter defender on point guards in particular, and that's you know that's a weapon I could see the Hawks using um, on bench units. So even though the spa- like the spacing, the spacing is terrible, but I, and I understand, but it's like I, one I don't. Well, that's think what I was going to ask you. Is like I, like I don't think I don't think I don't think Lloyd Pierce is going to play those like that lineup in particular. I just think those are the five 
bench guys who are going to play the most. It's going to be a lot right. of staggering. You're going to see Vince Carter play a lot. Uh, like I, I like I know Vince. You know they're saying like you know Vince Carter doesn't expect to play that much, but I I do feel like Lloyd Pierce is going to work him in um, and you know just to line up that need additional you know additional shooting. So like I. I, Lloyd Pierce is a smart coach. We, we, he he does value shooting. He he puts a uh, he puts he values it enough that you know you can see that his lineups were kind of built around it, um, based on some of the stuff he did last season. So I, I would expect that to continue this season. So how how do you stagger it then? You know, like if you're Lloyd Pierce and you realize that that bench unit, you just you can't really play those five guys together just because there's you know the best shooter is who Cam Reddish and. I, How good a shooter think, is he when he's a rookie and he's got a million other things to worry about? Um, well, so I think Herter might be the part. Herter, I could totally see Lloyd Pierce staggering Herter and Collins together um, to prop up the bench units and have Trey Young play alongside more defensive, play alongside uh, more defensive units. Uh-huh. Possible lineups, depending on you know if the if the defense doesn't gel early, or I, I think Kevin Herter is the one who, who's going to be um, primarily on a lot of these bench units, just due to his shooting being such a necessity. Whereas you know on the starters with all the you know in theory you got Trey Young, you got you know DeAndre Hunter projects to be a good shooter. We'll see with him, and then we got Alex Lynn who. You know, I think we're all assuming he's going to be a, a plus shooter for his position for the upcoming season, which I, I, I have no evidence to suggest he wouldn't be. Uh, so, like, I could, I could see, you know, I could see Alex Lane going out early and coming, being on those bench units as well with Kevin Herter to prop up the, sh- the shooting, mm-hmm. uh, doing stuff like that. Because um, really, to me, Damian Jones in particular, he's somebody who's going to play all his minutes alongside Trey Young. Um, he's a... Like he's at his best rolling hard to the rim, um, and I, I think like he's gonna be he's gonna be somebody that that's gonna be exclusively to Trey Young. So I wouldn't worry too much about shooting on the floor when uh, Damian Jones is on the floor. Uh, Bruno Fernando would be I just don't know like based on what he did in summer league and uh, his you know what he did in college. He 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 probably just needs to learn. You know to me. Bruno has to learn how to score at the NBA level as right. a big man. Um, you know, what shots to take. He has to take the open three-pointers that are going to be available to him. That's, you know, yep. something. And he that, told me today, he said he's, he's yeah. ready to do that. He's, he's got the green light. They've told him to shoot when, he, when the shot's there. When, when it, from behind the three-point. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, he's got, he, he can't be doing reckless drives to the rim or post-ups like, that's not his game. He's got to be a garbage man uh, on the inside, you know, get good post position. And then, you know, he has to do his work beforehand because, right. you know, in Maryland, there was a lot of isolation post ups that, 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 that just aren't going to be there for him. Right. He's got to be a smart cutter, um, you know, good screener. Like, he, he, he's got to learn the tricks of the trade of being an NBA big man. Now, he is a, he's a really good athlete, but he's not the, you know, he's not the absolute dynamite athlete that Damian Jones and John Collins are right. as rim runners. So he has to he has to really perfect the the finer tools, and that that takes and, and that just takes time. Like that's you know learning how to play at the NBA level is it's it's hard, and it's especially hard for young big men who 
you know, grow up, in, you know, playing ba- a different brand of basketball than what's played in the NBA today, which is, you know, pace and space, five out, and he's going to have to learn how to play in the Hawks system. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see him, how he does during the preseason, you know, what, what his strengths and weaknesses potentially look like. So is that where uh... – I'll put this another way. You, you mentioned a second ago that sort of the unnatural basketball rotations are when you get to 11, 12 players. You know, 10 is sort of the normal max because, you know, you kind of got two guys playing at every position. If, mm-hmm. if the Hawks do do 11, is it is it trying to squeeze Damian Jones and Bruno Fernando in that kind of gets them to I 11 tell- versus 10? You, yeah, you know, because... Pierce, Pierce play wasn't afraid to play three uh, centers, you know, separate rotations. Um, I could see that. I could see. Um, I could see him only playing two, with John Collins getting all the primary backup center minutes, uh, just because the Hawks, you know, have so many fours. Like they have, they have so many fours. I could, right. you know, Lloyd Pierce has the option to get really crazy with what, you know, really throw some lineups out there that are. Kind of, kind of weird, but you know, makes sense. Um, you know, so it'd be, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Like, like there might be a scenario where Evan Turner's playing the five, um, just you know, with Parsons and you know, some and somebody else, just for the heck of it. Uh, depending on what the other team is doing, um, I, you can see some, you know, Pierce, you know, experiment and try some stuff with that, like that, uh, during the season. Um, so that. It'll be interesting to watch, um, but I, I would I would suspect that only two centers play for the majority majority of the season. Uh, out either Alex Lynn or, or one of Damian Jones and Bruno Fernando. Mm-hmm. But really, even the, even then, like I could totally see John Collins monopolizing more of the backup. Uh, you know, playing more center uh, this season just due to the the amount of depth they have at the four now. You know, with Jabari Parker. Evan Turner, um, Chandler Parsons, Vince Carter, like they, they got options now. Uh, and and uh, DeAndre Hunter, and even you can even include Cam Reddish, mm-hmm. considering how you know tall and long he is. Like they, they've got options at the four, which is something they didn't have last season. So I would suspect that John Collins is going to play more five in general. So that's probably going to squeeze those center minutes uh, even more. But it, you know, it's. All of this, at the end of the day, is just speculation. But it, it'll be interesting to see how, how Pierce try, shapes this rotation. But early on, he's, I, I could totally see him playing just 11, 12 guys. And I, I think they're going to give Parsons a chance. Um, I, I just – I don't know. Like, it, it just feels like if, if he's healthy, you know, he is a good basketball player. It's injuries that have, that have cost him and – you know, maybe he's done, maybe he's not. But I, I could see Pierce early on just trying to get a gauge, get a feel for if Parsons still has something left in the tank. Because if he does, the Hawks could use somebody of his skill set, of his passing and playmaking, and being, you know, at the four spot. Okay. Uh, are there any other Hawks-related topics you want to hit on before we punt? No, I think we covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot more than I thought we were going to cover. Good, good. We probably need to do this more often. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm rusty, will. so I don't even know what we did. I, yeah. I have no idea what we just did for the last 45 minutes. It's a blur. We hit on all the topics. We hit them all? I think so. Okay. All right, then. Well, uh, we won't wait two months. We can't now. We've got a basketball season. Uh, I think that's it, then. I don't remember how to end a podcast. Again, among the things that have been forgotten... I don't know. Do we have a sign up? Oh, there we go. See, you remember. Thank goodness. Yes, that's it. Rate, subscribe, <laughs> review. Right. Subscribe, rate, review. There we go. Let's put it. I think that's kind of the subscribe, rate, review. That's perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. No problem, Kevin. All right. Have a good one. You too.